Introducing Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood Mavs podcast. Burr, 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 burr. Starting at small forward out of St. Louis University, it's Andrew the Goon Bennett. Ceiling of, at, a, at a solid five foot eight, <laughs> but a five foot five wingspan. Sorry, guys. Got very limited reach. Very limited reach. Rect- rectangular. Um, <laughs> starting at guard from the University of Texas at Arlington, it's your host with the most. It's Ben Sobel. And today on your friendly neighborhood Mavs podcast, we'll be discussing the new 23-24 schedule for your Dallas Mavericks. Um, we'll be discussing the games that we're excited about, the ones we have circled on the calendar. We'll talk a little about this new in-season tournament there uh, and, you know, starting this year. And we'll kind of close out with some rivalry games and tough stretches that we think uh, the Mavs might run into this year. Get so, your Google calendar out, folks. Get it out. Get your Outlook calendar whatever it is, maybe you got one of those calendars that like State Farm or, or somebody sends mails to you and is like, hey, mm-hmm. remember us? Our realtor hey, does that. They yeah, send us yeah. for literally every sport. Get it out. You know, it's it's your Mavericks calendar now. All right. It's not. <laughs> forget those birthdays. Forget the doctor's appointments. No, this is dedicated Mavericks calendar. There you go. Day. And we'll, we'll break it down today. Um, so let's just start off right out the gate. Game circled. I already know. I, I I don't even have to guess what your top game circled is because I have a feeling it's the same one that I have. But I'll, I'll oh okay. Tell okay. tell me what what your number one game circled is. I've got a couple. Um, for me, I you know I'm 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 analytical. I I immediately look at the schedule and I'm and I'm trying to size us up against the competition. I'm trying to figure out. When am I going to learn whether or not the Mavericks are for real? And, you know, and you can, you know, the regular season is not always, I mean, it's, it's all we have to try as, as the yardstick, as the measuring stick to try to figure out where we sit. Um, But my first game that I have scheduled is November 3rd at the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I want to see us head to head against the champions. And I want to see how, how the, you know, new look Mavericks measure up. Now we've, I think generally the last couple of years, we've had a lot of regular season success against the Nuggets um, relative to some other teams that have kind of had our number. Uh, We've been able to play them pretty heads up, I think in regular season games, but I I will be interested to see, you know, what is the Luca Kyrie combo? How do some of the new additions stack up against, you know, the proverbial favorites to repeat, you know, they're the champs. And if, and if we have championship aspirations, we're probably going to have to go through them. So that's, that's the first game I have scheduled on my calendar. It's early. It's, it's our fifth game of the year, but I'm always, my, my brain is always like, when am I going to when, how can I figure out if this team is, is feels for real? If I should, if I should like lower my expectation, you know, increase my expectations or lower them, Ben, you seem, Ben, you seemed a little surprised by that selection. Yeah, I, 
I think you were you I... were looking you were looking for the hater <laughs> the hater in me to select a game. No, I think I I, I was looking more. Um, the he- my headspace was more of like with your heart, not like mm-hmm. who like you you want to see your teams uh, sized up against. So I I I assumed that you'd want the um, the January game uh, where we host the Knicks and Jay. That is Jaylen... that is it is circled. That is bolded in my and it, it's it's third on the list. Well, chronologically, but I did I did hi- highlight that one. Um. As his we first, had, like he should be like he's returned to Dallas before, but he has been injured or they haven't like he hasn't played uh, yeah. against us. So well, I think we had that would be we good. had a pretty momentous January home game last year against the New York Knicks. A little a little 60, 20 and 10 against the Knicks. Jalen did not play in that game. But yeah, yeah, I have I have that one highlighted for sure. Um Okay, is is that is that one of or is that your your the one that you've circled? I, yeah, I think that's the main one. There's there's other ones. I think that one has the most like emotional weight, um, like as, from a Mavs fan perspective, where we were we're seeing our ex like do great somewhere else, and 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 now like I think now that Luca has Kyrie, he can kind of like he can show Jalen that he's moved on. This is not. this is not this is not a rom com. What it's are you talking rom-com. about? <laughs> you're Sorry. talking about you're talking about Luca and Jalen like they dated, like they had a divorce, and there's like you know an, a... I, I'm better now. Okay, I have I have Kyrie in my life. Like yeah, I get it. I get it. Narratively, it narratively it makes sense. But it's... Ky- so just from that, I guess for I kind of picked a few other games that are in that similar vein where. We have uh, Dorian's return to Dallas as an uh, that's the second like that's, yeah second, second game, game of the season year. right yeah so that's gonna be pretty um, I'm sure he's gonna get a lot of love from the fans for that but on the op- on the opposite end of that spectrum we have Grant Williams return to Boston in March so at, at typically in March you kind of have a better idea of what team you are and mm-hmm. and they and and, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think. J- Jason Tatum and him were kind of like, you know, chirping Sniping back at each other. Yeah, yeah but go- going back and forth. So I'm really looking forward to that that matchup where he can kind of like, you know, kind of show them how much he's grown since he's left. And and um, I think don't need that, you anymore. <laughs> and we always have like great games versus Boston. You know, it's either like a Luca, um, mm-hmm. game winner or um. So I think that one potentially has has like really like big big game potential yeah um, i i'm always interested to see us play boston it's always really annoying because you you get you get celtics fans chirping at you on social media or sounding off about how jason tatum is better than luca and like it's an opportunity to you know maybe shut some of them up it's also going to be an opportunity where like they're gonna sound off regardless um and yeah. the added the added wrinkle to this, which we'll see how Porzingis is health wise, but if Porzingis mm. is playing in that game too, it's it's a lot of um, you know, just the a idea lot of history, of, yeah, a lot of history on both sides. Um, so I I'm sure a lot of player to player history, not a ton of necessarily like 
team to team history. And we and we'll get into those discussions I think a little bit later. Yeah. When we when we get into rivalry games. Um because it's it's very funny to see in the current NBA model that like the history between teams is not necessarily as important as the history between players. Like we are it's it's a relationship. It's a it's a like very story driven league. And a lot of those stories are centered around, Oh, you used to play for them or you used to play with this part, this player, or you used to be kind of buddies and like, you know, together with this player and now you're not. So, you know, you're going to Boston to visit your ex or you're, you know, you're going to Boston. You're going to see, you know, a former coworker essentially. Uh, And we're going to see if there's any, if there's any spice there. But okay, I did not I did not think about Boston, but that's a um I think a any game about the any game against Boston or like like you said, the Nuggets, you know, teams that are stacked, those are like really good measuring stick games to kind of see like, hey, can we hang with these teams and how can we, you know, play with a team that has a lot of talent. So I think I think those are those are always ones to kind of circle. Um are there any other games that you have circled? Um, the only the only other one is <clears throat> that I that I really highlighted was our our Christmas Day game against the Suns. Um, that is, the Suns is one area where I feel like there's there's a little bit there's the player to player bad blood. But there's also kind of like enough, there's enough team to team history there. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I grew up in through through the through the aughts, through the two thousands when like it was Steve Nash and the Suns, Dirk and and the Mavericks, and we had those battles during the regular season, during the postseason. Um so it's it's exciting to see that kind of rekindled and like continue, especially after um that huge series uh, two years ago. Um, uh, so I, I circled that one just because, and it's also another, another measuring stick game, right? Because the Phoenix Suns like love it or hate it are, are trying to be, you know, up there with the nuggets. They're competing. They're, they're in direct competition with us. And I think we could see both of us being in that similar echelon You've got the bad. You've got kind of the the snarkiness between Booker and and Luca, and then you've also got the history of of Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So, um, and it's a Christmas Day game. It's like the fourth year in a row we've had a Christmas Day game. Uh, the NBA makes a big deal about it, and so so I've circled that one on my calendar. Is like this will be, you know, there's some spice, there's some flavor. Oh yeah, there with with that game. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of like you said team history going back to the, you know, for you know mid early 2000s and then it seemed like we had that history a couple of years ago before we even added KD and Kyrie who have their own like mm-hmm. a really long, you know, you know, weird history with the Nets and so it just seemed like everything kind of got amplified to 11 as far as like the league really gained a lot more interest in that rivalry, especially when those two kind of showed up on, on their respective teams. So, and I, I think one of the highlights, I mean, it was, if I remember correctly, last, 
time we played the Suns, like it was right after both of those trades. We, like we got Kyrie and they got KD. Like it was one of they were kind of going back and forth to kind of close out the game and and they ended up winning, but it was you know you could tell it was a little bit more than just a normal game, a little bit more mm-hmm. you know um, like oh like both teams like really wanted to beat that 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 other player or like that other um so those i if you think about it for for two teams that don't have a lot of recent playoff history outside of that one series it seems like there's just a lot of built-up animosity um especially Mm -hmm. between luca and booker um so uh, i think outside of some of those rivalries in the east maybe like the celtics and the and the heat or you know or the Sixers, I think we are kind of one of the most, you know, truest version of a rivalry that the NBA could, could ask for with the, you know, the animosity between both teams with the players that play, used to play with each other. And now they kind of dislike each other or whatever that is. So. And, and for, for you to have a really, for, for, for there to be a good rivalry, you need two teams, two players, two, whatever it might be. Um, to be of equal or similar power and ability, right? <laughs> like part of the reason that like I looked at this at, at this and we'll get into rivalries week in a little bit, but I looked at this and I was like, man, like we don't the spice is not there when it comes to like our rivalry with the Spurs right now. You know, that could come back with the with Victor Wimanyano, but largely it's been because the Spurs have been a lottery team for the last three, four, five. I mean, they've they've been largely out of the conversation. They are not looking to compete. And we'll maybe see a resurgence of that rivalry with the Mavericks if and when they, they start competing again. Um, but yeah, yeah, us, us and the Suns. Uh, honestly, I'm a little shocked, like after... Those first those those two back to back years where we played the Clippers, I really thought that was building into. Um, it's hard to have a rivalry really with 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 Kawhi Leonard because he's so. It's a robot. Uh, yeah, um, but like that, I mean, that kind of fell away, and so now we've we, we've replaced it with the with this animosity I, with the Suns. I think the Lucas still steps up for those. Clippers games I just think the because like either Kawhi's been out or PG has been out especially last year um when they were both out at the same time like there it's it's just harder to keep that story going if you know it's you yeah know, one of the other is is both out um but and and I think uh I think Luca has clowned Paul George enough times for him to like no, not to start anything. <laughs> he's got his podcast now and he's kind of just like, you know, been, he's kind of been singing Luca's praises. Yeah. Like you, you will never find Booker doing that. And it's funny how like one, one thing that I could respect him for, and I kind of can't stand him for a lot of reasons, like after that game where they barely won and they kind of butted heads, Booker was like, you wanted us to not be buddy buddy with each other. Like, well, we're not like, <laughs> this is, you know, in today's league, yeah. it's, it's rare to kind of see those guys who you could tell, like legitimately can't stand the other. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it's, and it's nice. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the Celtics earlier. Like I feel the same way as a fan 
the part of my animosity is that players like Devin Booker and Jason Tatum get mentioned in the same conversation as Luca. You know, there there there's a constant kind of comparison, right? There's a constant like MVP race comparison, or there's a constant, you know, where are we ranking them? And so that adds a certain element of like, how dare you rank him higher than than my guy? Like, no, like we need to we need to put this we need to put this debate to bed. And so you I mean, it, it reminds me of like the Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan kind of back and forth of like. Or or we've talked a little we talked a little bit last week about like comparisons between Kevin Garnett and Dirk Nowitzki and like that never really was a rivalry, but it gets your blood boiling a little bit as a fan when somebody somebody that you view as lesser than than a player that you view as lesser than like your guy suddenly gets mentioned in the conversation and you're like, no, 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 no. We need, we need to, we need to put this to rest on the basketball court. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to have that opportunity uh, on Christmas day. Uh, okay. Um, ben toughest, we're going into toughest stretches of the year. Well, or are you going to talk in season tournament? Okay. In season tournament. Yeah. We, so, so in November, year... There, yeah, go. The the new uh with the new in, in season tournament, um, the schedule only has eighty games instead of eighty-two. And we are uh currently in a group with um the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Rockets. And we have one game against each of those teams that is considered a tournament game um throughout the uh throughout this year. And if we the the remaining two games that will kind of populate within this, the NBA schedule depend on how we fare in those uh, group games. So if we, let's say we win out all of these group games, we're going to have two games uh, that either continue the tournament where if we keep winning and let's say we win those two games, then we get an 83rd game that would uh, take us to Las Vegas and uh, we would play for the in-season championship if we lose out or if we don't uh, perform well, then those regular season games just turn into regular re- regular season games and they don't have any uh, weight in the we pay, we We would end up playing a couple of the losers from other groups. I assume like we'd, we'd, we'd get shuffled off into the losers bracket essentially. Um, I'm not sure which other group we might get shut. Like, you know, we're group B, I'm not sure how they are determining like say say we go two and two and we don't move up into the next echelon and we get shuffled down into like the loser section. I'm not sure how they are pairing off teams from those, you know, or pulling them from from those other groups. But uh yeah, November third against Denver, that was my first circled game. So that's also our first in season tournament game. Week later, November tenth versus the Clippers at home. Then we're at New Orleans, and then we get two weeks of non-tournament games uh, until we play Houston, also at home. Um, we've talked about the history with the Clippers. How how are you feeling about? I mean, Denver is obviously the big dog in this group, and the one that like we maybe have to watch out for. Clippers, it's it's largely dependent on health. How how do you feel about New Orleans in this in this like wh- how do they where do they fit in 
the picture. We've talked about Phoenix and kind of vying with them. We're trying to get, you know, Denver is at the top of the mountain right now. Is New Orleans neck and neck with us with with Phoenix? Yeah. How do you where do you um, place them in this? It's kind of I I it's kind of hard to get a gauge on on how good they are because last season they started off the season really well. And um, they have a really athletic young core um, that always seems to give us fits. And then last, I remember last season, like I think they didn't even have Zion one of the games and they, they, you know, still beat us pretty handily. So it really just depends on Zion and how healthy he is. But I think they have a, an interesting core with CJ McCall and Brandon Ingram. Um, We went, we went two and two against them last year. Yeah. Um, They're definitely better than the Rockets um, who are, who are going to, you know, going to be tanking. But I will say they were all, let's see. First game was a loss by two last year. Uh, And of course, all of this is what most, pretty much all of this is without Kyrie. We look very different. Um, They might look very different with, if Zion Williamson is healthy, we won by 10, won by five, and then lost by seven. So, um. Yeah, yeah all of our uh, matchups against them were pretty close last year. I wonder. I'm curious on how teams are going to play this this whole tournament because either they look at it as like, hey, like this is a a dress rehearsal for the playoffs, like we're going to take it seriously, like a playoff game. And if you're like the Rockets, you know, you you might not actually see a playoff game for a couple of years or or however long. So this this can be, you know, if they go deep in the tournament, they can take that as a, you know, a moral victory yeah. or whatever it is. Bragging I, rights a little bit over over other teams. Or you can be you can kind of be a little bit of a spoiler. Like say say the the Mavericks are two and one in these games, and we come to that game that last in season tournament game against Houston, and it's like we could go three and one and move on. Or if Houston is able, is, can play a little bit of spoiler and throw a wrench into that and knock us out like that, it adds. I mean, again, it depends on how seriously folks take it, but um, it adds it adds another dimension for sure. Because I don't see the Clippers taking this seriously. I wouldn't be shocked if they like <laughs> like kind of protested and and found a way to rest both Kawhi and PG for all these games like, like load management think, yeah like you it it seems the the whole reason why the NBA did this was to get people excited about the season early on cuz if you're a casual fan you'll probably jump in like after the new year or you know after february after the all-star break that's when you know teams start to separate themselves that's when you know teams like know who they are at that point well, and games um, become more meaningful in late yeah. March and April. Like, you know, you the playoff picture has solidified and it's and it now becomes like you gotta win this game to avoid the plan. You gotta win this game to get better seating. Early in the season, it's kind of just like, okay, who's healthy, who's not, like who's resting, who's not, like who's building out, you know, who's coming out of the gates really fast. Um no, I get that. I wonder it'll be really interesting to see whoever wins this thing. Are they going to celebrate it? 
are they because they're are they gonna hold up the trophy are they gonna you know get hats that say in season tournament it does yeah (laughs) it does open you up for a lot of clownery if (laughs) if if you were a team that takes it super seriously and then it's like oh are you gonna hang a banner are you gonna hang a banner for your little in season like it you kind of have to you kind of have to like moderate you have to kind of moderate your own excitement for it honestly as an nba player particularly because like if you take it too seriously it's like come on dude like (laughs) calm down it's a little it's a little cringe you you, got to be like jimmy butler after they won the eastern conference finals and they're bam out of was trying to give him the trophy to celebrate with him he's like nah i want the next one and then (laughs) he of course didn't get it but like i think It'll be really weird because uh, as I think that the NBA is going to try to hype it up like it's a big deal. Like, I think it would be more enjoyable if like a young team wins this, like OKC wins this or, or you know, yeah. so, so a team like or that. Orlando or yeah, or maybe like a Sacramento. <laughs> I feel like Sacramento would could potentially take this super seriously. I mean, we'll, we'll be I'll be interested to see how 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 players approach it because it. Especially with the load management and everything that's kind of led up to this, and I think part that's also partially why NBA is trying to like, you know, incentivize you know these games to have more importance and make sure that they play and and things like that. But if they want to do incentivize the importance of regular season games, they would have fewer regular season games. <laughs> well, that would cut into their revenue, and they don't want to do that. I know, I know. Well, so, like, yeah, and and. Mm. But I, I mean, I can see this tournament being a thing that kind of pulls the team together. If you kind of go on this little run or you start, you know, uh, it can help build chemistry or, or different chemistry. Like... I mean, I'm going like... to calling you, I'm gonna start calling you the chemist, Ben, because <laughs> it's always, it's always, always about that team chemistry, man. I think, I think that has, with so we've had a this is almost a completely different team mm-hmm. to, compared to the one last year we've got we've had so much uh player it's a lot it's a lot turnover. younger of a team now we finally we finally are actually legitimately a young team now um uh so yeah i mean maybe maybe oh yeah I, I, yeah for, so, so selfishly I, I want the maps to kind of treat this as like a like, hey, let's let's kind of build this up, you know, in this tournament and see where it ha- where it goes, and then take it from there. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how they approach it. Now, the rest of the season, we've got some some pretty tough stretches for the Dallas Mavericks, and I've selected a couple that I think okay. are are definitely tough. And we just wanted to look at for for them. For me, I was looking for the most contenders. In, in a in a tight yeah. s- section of the schedule, uh, most playoff uh, most playoff teams, um, which which uh, stretch do you think is is the most tough going into this season? <laughs> um, mm, so yeah, I've highlighted several here. I was kind of similar to you, looking for, you know, the the highest level of competition, also the longest like the longest stretches of like road games or like. You know, um, so I'll since we've since we've already talked a lot about that November stretch of games, I highlighted 
some of those. I am going to go with my second highlighted stretch, which has us. I think all of these are potential playoff teams. Well, mm, um, I have the stretch of January games from January 17th to January 27th. So in 10 days, we play the Lakers. We play Golden State on the West Coast. We then travel across country to Boston. Uh, or actually, no, we play Boston at home. Sorry. Play Boston at home, play Phoenix at home, then travel to Atlanta, and then come back home to face Sacramento. Now, the only team in there that I think, I mean, the Hawks, remind me, the Hawks did make the play-in last year, right? Yeah, they they lost to the Heat. They squeaked it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that stretch is a good mix. Like there's a good mix of travel. I feel like those are all playoff contender teams. Like those are all teams that are looking to be in the playoff picture. Um, you have those tough games. Luckily the games versus the Boston and Phoenix game are a back-to-back homestand. Um, Mm. you don't, I will say this, you, the only back-to-back you have is Atlanta at Atlanta and then at Sacramento. So it's not the toughest travel stretch. There are a couple of other periods that are pretty tough travel wise um, or more difficult. And I will say this, this stretch of games comes after we have a seven game homestand from January 3rd to January 15th. Mm -hmm. So we'll have almost two weeks at home to start the new year. Um, So that was that was just one section I I highlighted as like this this will be interesting. Um, ben, what about you? Did you have a stretch of five, four, five, six games that you felt were really really tough? Um, so that was the stretch that I had as the toughest, okay. just because of the you know the teams that we'd be playing. Like you said, the we've got the. <clears throat> The Lakers, that's always a tough game. The Warriors always give us a tough time. And then uh, that uh, the Boston Sacramento, game. Sacramento always gives us a tough time. Yeah. Like and, they're and a sneaky. Atlanta, Atlanta also um, is very sneaky. They, they play us really well, too. So that, that could be a really, really good test for us. Um, as far as like easiest stretch that I found, I found one actually early in the season our first like 10 games are actually against we've got started with San Antonio, then Brooklyn, then Memphis without jaw. You've got Chicago yeah, and then you got yeah. the champs, you got Denver, but then you've got Charlotte, Orlando, um, and then Toronto. So there's, there's a lot of, yeah, uh, that's a lot, the first, of lot the first of eight teams. games. Yeah. Um, we got to, this is another season. We preach it every year and it rarely <laughs> happens. But this is another year where, like, we got to come out and, like, kind of blow the doors off. Um, just, yeah, we need to bank some wins early um, to, you know, for, you know, to prepare for a little bit of a lean winter. Because, um, like, because I'll, I'll go through a couple of other stretches that I saw that that had the potential to be tough. Um, December 18th through January 1st. We are at Denver, home versus the Clippers. At Houston, Houston's a lottery team. Um, San Antonio, also a lottery team. But then we have Christmas Day at Phoenix. We play Cleveland, who's who's a 
potential like playoff contender. We we are at Minnesota, then at Golden State, and then at Utah. And I know Utah kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of last year, but they I view them as one of the young like a young talented team. And also traveling to Utah, I feel like is always a little tough, you know, a little bit, get a little bit of that mountain air. Um, I also saw talking about easiest stretches. This is another potential boon, I think for us, um, depending on how, how some of this shakes out, but the end of the season is also a potential, like really those last 10 games, San Antonio, Utah, Utah, back-to-back against Sacramento or two games at Sacramento, then Houston, Golden State, Atlanta. So those are kind of tough, but then we're against Houston again, then Charlotte at Miami is tough, but then we close out against Detroit and Oklahoma City. And of course, yeah. this isn't including those. I'm not sure where those play in, those in-season tournament additional games will fall if mm-hmm. they'll just get tacked on at the end. But depending on like – and I hesitate to include Oklahoma City as an easy out. There's, mm-hmm. They were still a lottery. They were still like on the fringes last year. Maybe they make maybe they make another leap yeah, and they, they become a really tough out. But they were the those... 10th seed without Chet last year and they definitely made some noise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if, if but, you're but... if you're trying to finish the season strong, that's 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 a pretty favorable schedule to, yeah. to to get you know where you want in the standings or just build momentum and and kind of get um yeah there's a lot of winnable games there's not a single team on that list outside of maybe Miami that I would consider as like consistently better or better than the Mavericks maybe and and mostly that's because the Miami has had a ton of postseason success where we've kind of mm-hmm. struggled. But like Golden State had a down year last year. We'll see how they bounce back. But like everybody else on that list is like we should be right neck and neck, or we should be better than those teams to close out the year. Um, you want to get into rivalry week? We've already yeah. talked about rivals a ton. Uh, yeah, we we touched on it a little bit. Yeah, but I think this. So we have a couple rivalry games. We have uh, they're both in January. The first one is versus the the Sun. Is it right? The no, versus Suns the on yeah. no, no, it's, it's Suns on January twenty fourth, and then two days later at Atlanta. Right. So we've already kind of talked extensively about why the Suns are are great rivals, and we uh, we think that's kind of. I feel like that's going to be the blueprint for what the NBA wants in a rivalry going forward as they try to, you know, figure that out. But the Hawks. Yeah. How do you feel about that? That's another one. And this is the tough, like that's another one. That's like, it's very player based. It's entirely like, it's entirely the Luca Trey trade, the constant comparisons. Um, What's funny is that like, they obviously were traded for each other and they're in the same draft. But I feel like the Kings and the Suns kind of get a pass, even though like they passed on Luca, right? So mm. the DeAndre connection is is has never really hammered home, even though like you know they were in the same draft. Um, and and Marvin Bagley is a non is a non entity, so like who's gonna bring that up? Yeah, that 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 would be that'd be really messed up. Um, so 
I think a lot of it, I think the fan base is definitely clash. I, I, I know as a Mavs fan on, on Twitter, you kind of see that random clash like all the time, you know, where, oh, like, you know, Trey Young, you know, did the same thing as Luca with less talent. Like he went to Eastern Conference Finals. Like, um, and I think they're, <laughs> I, I think they, they, I don't know, there's a lot of denial in there. And, and they're like, just, to put it, that's one of those things, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Like, if you put try to put Trey Young in the same conversation as Luca, Mavs fans will push back and be like, "Excuse me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, and in fairness, like in fairness to the NBA, and in fairness to like Hawks fans, there are some, like you you mentioned that Eastern Conference Finals run, like you know the Mavericks and Luca had a had a kind of similar Western Conference Finals run that immediately got kind of pilloried as like it's a fluke it was a fluke y'all bomb y'all cratered the net the, the following season similar to how the hawks <laughs> they made that run and then they immediately were a non-entity the following season we couldn't so, beat the charges <laughs> yeah yeah they couldn't yeah they couldn't beat the fraud the fraud charges so they, there are some of those there are enough similarities to continuously like kind of compare the two of them. They're both like not they're neither of them are particularly like adept defenders. Um they're both pretty like ball dominant scorers, guards. Luca is a little bit is is probably is I would say significantly better at facilitating an offense. Um and is far more useful on the defensive end given his size. But like there there are enough of those similarities to where you can you can try to make the like comparison but you know one is a four-time all-nba player and forgive me but i don't think trey has made an all-nba team like there's just there are levels to this no it's Um, a four-time first team all-nba i think yes i think that that needs to kind of be established and and there's a distinguished you know before between like oh all-nba and like, no, I'm always top, like one of the top five players in the league the past four years. So I think, um, but to, I mean, to the Hawks credit until recently, the Hawks would, would typically beat the Mavs all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think early on, there was definitely kind of on, on the Mavs side of things like, Hey, the Hawks built their, they, they built their team better than uh, the Mavs did around Luca. Um, and they had more to do it with. They had, you know, uh, more draft picks and different things like that. Um, but since then, I think that the Mavs, especially since Nico has taken over, I think he's kind of done more to get more talent around him. And I'm really interesting, interested to see how both these teams kind of clashed, how they've, the Mavs have kind of made those changes. Um, so I, I, I get it. I, I get what the Mavs are, the, the NBA is trying to do is, is to kind of keep that, you know, uh, like kind of, kind of force like a Larry versus magic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, rivalry, you know, tone on, on this whole situation. But I think uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like that's shrug. cute. It's cute. <laughs> but like the, uh, yeah, I'm reminded of the Mad Men meme of like, of uh, the, the guy in the elevator. He's like, it's like, I feel so sorry for you. And he's like, I don't think about you at all. Uh, and, and again, I think the Phoenix comparison is a good, is a good foil to this because 
I don't I don't think we will ever have a strong enough Eastern Conference rival until we maybe meet meet a team in hopefully like a championship because because we get to have those postseason battles more consistently. We're going to see the Suns more often in the playoffs than we will the Hawks. We're going to see the Clippers more often. We're going to see the Spurs. So like we get to build that animosity in like a high intensity environment. The only time we are ever going to see the Hawks in in the playoffs is in the NBA Finals, and even then, like mm, I doubt we're going to see them in the NBA Finals, and they probably doubt that the Mavericks will make it to the NBA Finals. So, like, you know, it it's it is what it is. Uh, best best of luck to Atlanta. Uh, uh yeah, and I, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see how that all goes down. Now, here here's a quick question: If you had, if you could only go to one game this season, mm. what game would you go to? Ooh, um, give me, give me that game February twenty fifth at Indiana. No, no. <laughs> Whoa. I, my my immediate thought, my immediate thought was like, ooh, let me pick an away game so I get to travel to mm. one of these cities. Um ooh, I don't know if I want to go to go to I mean, I've never been to Madison Square Garden. I've never been to New York February 8th at New York. I also am not sure if I want to be a Mavs fan in New York during uh, a yeah. Mavs Knicks game. Um you might get shanked like in your seat. <laughs> yeah. So so I I mean, I think Honestly, I I would probably go with that January 11th game versus that home game versus New York. You get to see Jalen Brunson. Like we're we're big fans on the pod of him and wish him mm-hmm. all the success. But you also get a little bit of a spicy, you know, competitive game. They were a playoff team last year. Uh, it's a good it's a good kind of measuring stick game for the Mavericks. Um, so yeah, I might I might go with go with that one if I if I could only attend one home game i don't really want to go to la i mean at new orleans might be fun i'm you know it's been i have i don't i can't remember the last time i went to new orleans um go see a game at atlanta Mm. yeah that's a good question what about you what's what's Um, like the one game that you would splurge i I think i had a lot part of me wants to go to um the uh the away game on christmas versus the suns mm. and i recently like anytime you go to to that arena I, I recently just watched the other guys um movie with will ferrell and, and mark Wahlberg. and there's this line that one of the characters says he says like they're like cops and some they're at you know and they <laughs> he says at the crime scene lol and good tweet <laughs> And so when I thought it, when I heard crime scene, I thought of, you know, that <laughs> game Back seven, this... Luca's like destroying them by 50. You're, it's own. a, it's a, it's a historical visit. You're, you're going, <laughs> you're going on like a, hist- a history field trip, you know, right. you, yeah. Similarly, yeah, so if, if I went, that's kind of what I would do. I like take a picture, be like at the crime scene, LOL. <laughs> that, that made me think of similarly. April 10th at Miami. I'd be like, hey, I've never been to Miami. And I could be like, yo, like 12 years later, we're back. Like, <laughs> like, 
Um, but uh, or actually, that would be next year. So it'd be thirteen years later since since the crime. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one for sure. I, I just don't know how Suns fans would take that. I feel like that could be hostile just because of how how much hostility is going between the two teams. Uh, so we'll we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. That'd be that'd be like a fun one to go to, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that would be, yeah, that that probably the, be like one of the best games to watch with all the star power and everything that's going on with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, the calendar is up. The Google Calendar is set. We're ready to go. I think uh, pretty soon. I think one of our next pods has to be our our annual standings pod. <laughs> <laughs> we could see how uh, how uh, how how inaccurate we were last year, and then um, try to predict it this year closer to. I think we'll try to maybe do some more beyond pods in between that. Um, but you and you and Jay did an admirable job last year. I yeah I I kind of stunk it up. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was rough because yeah. Yeah, we can we can get into it when we uh, okay. when we do our our preseason predictions for this year. But uh, yeah, I mean Jay Jay did honestly. This is so funny to me. Jay did the best on average out of either between either of us, but he also had the Mavericks as his number one overall seed. <laughs> so which the if. For, for those of you listening at home, you might recall that the Mavericks did not make the playoffs. Man. So uh, Jay was way off. Um, yeah, honestly, I was the closest to, I mean, I had the Mavericks at the sixth seed. I ended up being the closest to like where the Mavericks actually fell. But on average, my my predictions were pretty, were pretty bad. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we can get into it next time. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So thank you guys for tuning in to this uh, schedule preview with Buckets and Beyond. You can follow us on Instagram at Buckets and Beyond. And then you can follow us on Twitter slash X uh, at Buckets Beyond. (laughs) And give us a follow. Give us a a review. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll have more content coming for you soon. Thanks for tuning in. We're out here. Deuces.